have not recorded since Easter time. In our brain, it's also Easter. You all, that I, was in April. Was that, was, has there been another major Catholic holiday since then? Do we only record on the High Holy Days? Apparently now. Clearly. That's who we are now. Mm -hmm. We set our <laughs> podcast schedule by the Catholic Church. And uh, at, the end of the, at the end of July, um, it is St. Julius's Day. I love St. Julius. Patron uh, Saint. Where everyone gets a blended drink. That's orange in flavor. Mm -hmm. And, um, and throws it on Jesus. their favorite monarch. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> while too. singing a song about Jesus. There you go, while singing a song about Jesus. And we record a podcast about little women. When, we, when Lauren and I decided to do this book uh, on a lunch break <laughs> when we were at camp teaching children, we were, were like, well, let's, let's choose something pretty easy. Let's do a summer read, let's a light a, little a light frivolous little summer read. And so we're like, yeah, let's do Little Women. Because when you Google the page count of Little Women, what you're probably going to get is uh, the page and word count for the first half of the book, <sighs> Little Women. Part one of Little Part Women. Part one of Little Women. Oh, because Louisa May Alcott, she did us dirty uh, and released this book originally in two parts. And then um, they crammed it together. And then they crammed it together. And that's what they've made all of the movies everything that's where all the good stuff is mm -hmm. well not all but a lot of the good stuff well it's kind of like the opposite of what's happening with harry potter and like with twilight where they take the last book and divide it into two books right. we took her two books and divided it and into one it film into one book and oh. so instead of our light little frivolous summer read we all of a sudden had 700 plus pages and jess and i were like what have we done what is happening why are we only halfway? Oh, oh. it's two Why books. Why does my audiobook have so many more chapters that, uh... Yeah, Lauren bought a copy of the book, but it was mm -hmm. just book one. Oh, yeah, sure was. So, uh, surprise, surprise, everybody. There Hi. are two volumes in Little Women. I'm Jessica Austin. And I'm Lauren Ballman. Welcome back to Required Readcast. Where we are learning a whole lot of interesting <laughs> things about the publishing industry and uh, how Louisa May Alcott crammed two books into one book. Although, I gotta say, here's one thing I dig about Louisa May Alcott. Lots among of things. Lots of stuff. Um, they named that second part Good Wives, which is something she wasn't aware of. And when she found that out, was like, oh, hell no. And then that was part of the reason why they combined it and made it all one book was because she thought the title Good Wives was, The Good Wives was dumb. Because it is dumb. Because it is dumb. Because it is and dumb. And that wasn't what she was about. No, and I think the title Little Women is actually really interesting mm -hmm. and fun to talk about, but Good Wives, you're like, oh, nice. All the characters we liked are now married up and are doing boring domestic shit. Yeah, and that mm. so isn't even what happened. No. We'll get there. We'll get there. Well, also, Louise May Alcott, just what... what reading I've been doing about her is I think I can forgive a lot of the faults I have in this book because they don't seem to be Louisa May Alcott problems. They seem to be like publisher problems because mm -hmm. I have a fucking issue with this book and I'm really mad at it. I mean, I'm it mad. was published in 1868, so let's take ourselves back there. I think one of the things that sticks out to me the most is there, will, there were just moments that would hit me where I'd go, none of them were in school. They're not at school. No. And Amy's just allowed to be taken out of school? They just don't go to school. Well, Beth, Beth is too shy to go to school. <laughs> like, literally, I'm too timid to go Beth to school. Beth is like part fawn or something. She is. <laughs> I, Lauren and I were saying, is she just maybe a figment of their imagination? Of like, there was a baby named Beth, but died in childbirth? So she's they're just. She's a mysterious creature. She's like the Gabe character in Next to Normal, only a very, very good little woman and not hot, hot, hottie, hot Aaron Tveit, so. Oh. Mm. 
That's th- those are the only differences. Those are the only differences <laughs> between Beth March and Gabe Goodman is that Beth March has never been played by Aaron Tveit. The only difference is. <laughs> he it. could do it, too. He could do it. He can do anything. Um, did I tell you I'm seeing Moulin Rouge on Broadway in August? You did, and I, do I'm you so to tell you jealous again? I'm going to vomit. I'll tell you again later. Oh. I'll keep bringing it up. You'll I'll send me pictures. I will send you pictures. I might stage door. St- I was going to say, are you going to... St- I don't stage door. Are you going like, st- to... You know how you weird I am? You have to. I know. I know. This is your chance. I know. Jeff, Jeff will have my back. Jeff will be like... Well, but not too close. He not needs too to close. stand a respectable distance away right. if you get to me. <laughs> if you get to me. My husband yet. can't witness me uh, crying and snotting. <laughs> I'm going to make some... I, actually, he should just videotape the whole thing because I'm probably going to just cry and fall over and then not be able to say hello. Oh. Mr. Big, you were fine in the show. I want to see it so bad. I know. I was just talking about it the other day because um, the choreographers, this woman... Sonia Taye, who used to choreograph on So You Think You Could Dance all the time. Oh, that's cool. So You Think You Could Dance, Dork. Oh, well, the choreography got great reviews. Yeah. Uh, but we're Anywho, unfortunately not talking about Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Let's take it back. The opposite of Moulin Rouge. No, <laughs> <laughs> these women don't. There's that whole section where they basically talk about how they just kind of collectively as a group decided to ban alcohol from everything ever. Right, and then fucking give their really nice wine to the people in the hospital yeah. for medicinal purposes. And, and you're like, but that's really good wine. Like, but you're so good. Like, they don't return do it. anything. They don't do anything. All right, let's, let's, let's start at the start and then, uh, and then, <laughs> and then talk about how they don't get mm-hmm. drunk. Um, yeah, so uh, one of the official summaries we have is that Joe, Meg, Beth, and Amy March are four sisters living with their mother in New England. Their father is away, serving as a chaplain in the Civil War, and the sisters struggle to support themselves and keep their household running, despite the fact that the family recently lost its fortune. In the process, they become close friends with their wealthy neighbor, Theodore Lawrence, known as Lori. As the girls grow older, each faces her own personal demons and moral challenges. Oh, and they like to earnestly discuss their moral challenges oh, with Marmy. Up and down and down and Marmy, I'm no. having a challenge today, Ugh. said one of them. <laughs> uh, my tweet like summary is Marmy is what they call their mother. Because they're from New England, so of yes. course they do. Oh, Mommy. Marmy. I wonder if they had a grandma who was still alive, if they'd call her Gangi. Whoa! This book just got so much better! Oh my gosh, if there was a Gangi character. Gangi March, and it was just fucking Jessica Walters just being dry as fuck. I mean, you kind of hope Aunt March is going to be that way, and she sort of touches on it, but did it's you not see, fully there. Did you see his playing Aunt March in the new movie? Oh, did I? Oh my god, did you watch Big Little Lies? I haven't gotten there Girl. yet. I know. Worth it? But for anybody who's listening, I was like, what is this tangent? And is trying to read between the lines. We're talking about Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep is playing Aunt March in an upcoming film, which we'll talk about in a bit when we get to media adaptations. <laughs> but uh, Meryl Streep is going to be arch as fuck, and I can't wait. I've heard that she's amazing in Big Little Lies. She gave, she, I watched her win her Emmy the other night. Like <gasps> She had this scene, and you're like, well... Just give the woman. I gotta a finish season one so God. that I can watch season two. I want to talk to you about it. Like, well, now that I'm done cramming, now that I'm done being up to my ears in Little Women, and cramming a second book in because I didn't realize how many. Right. Oh my God. Oh my God. Anywho. Well, Big Little Lies is based on a book, which is why you're like, how do they do a second season, which wasn't in the book? Oh. Well, so, that's like Handmaid's Tale, right? Or, or like Little Women. Let's just cram two together. Yeah. Uh, Smush them. But. Yeah, you're kind of like, how do they continue this? And also, Big Little Lies is so almost soapy, but it's so well acted mm-hmm. that you're like, I forgive you anything, yeah. Nicole Kidman's gorgeous, gorgeous hair. Why are they all so pretty? They're so pretty and such good actors. 
Every man jack of them is great. And Adam Scott, sorry, done. I love Adam Scott. This is not a Big Little Lies podcast. This is uh, a Thank you for recast. tuning in to Big Little Lies. Uh, would, I would be a terrible Big Little Lies podcaster because I've watched, I think, three episodes. Oh, yeah. So I um, am in no way qualified to talk at length about Big Little That's Lies. That's all right. I keep trying to tell my husband about it, and he's like, I haven't watched it, and you're confusing me. <laughs> I can't tell if you're talking about real Nicole Kidman or fake Nicole Kidman. Is real Nicole Kidman having legal troubles? No. Real and fake have pretty hair. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. We don't need to. My tweet length summary of Little Women is uh, women doing little women things. <laughs> mine was mine was going to be, though they be but little, they are fierce. Fuck you. You're always good at But this. then I just decided I'd, <laughs> I'd do hashtag bitches be little. <laughs> Bitches be little, little bitches, little bit, little bitches, little bitches. The biggest bitch of all. Mm. Oh my god, I Although, hate her. I got, I don't know. I've got some moments where Meg. Well, I found an article. It kind of surpasses Amy sometimes. I found a headline just frankly. now on um, uh, burr, 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 burr. Uh, where was I? On the interwebs. That was basically like, this new movie adaptation may make you rethink your hatred of Meg March. And I was like, do people hate Meg? But she does kind of meh. She does some sucky things. Mm-hmm. And especially with her, um, with poor John later on, she does some stuff where she, I'm like, Meg, really? Meg. 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 You well, give so, little bitches a bad name. But little, anyway. Little bitches. <laughs> when we first start <laughs> off, it's, it's just around Christmas. Oh, in the lovely New England setting. Of maybe Concord, although they never yes, say. Yes, I, I believe they're in Massachusetts. Yes, yes. because um, according to Wikipedia, uh, it was based loosely on the Alcott family home, which was the Orchard House in Concord, Massachusetts. And she so. names the March's house Orchard House as well, although that's a figurative or a fictional version of Orchard House. Hmm. So... Our girl Louisa May, like what I was reading up on, yeah, was yeah. didn't really want to read this book, write this book. Right. She was writing short stories like Joe, yeah. and her publisher's like, "Well, why don't you write a book for young girls that girls will enjoy?" And she was like, "No, thank you." Fuck that. But so she said she'd try. I mean, Joe is just straight up Louisa May Alcott. Straight up her. And she has three <laughs> sisters, and they live in somewhere called Orchard House. So she's clearly like, I don't want to write this book, but I said I would. Write what you see. Okay, I see a kid with a clothespin on her nose writing that. But like. <laughs> She even said that she showed the first couple publish or pay chapters to her publisher, like the first ten or so, and her she and her publisher both thought they were pretty boring, but then they gave them to the publisher's niece, who was like, "It's delightful. I like it." So kids liked it. It was kid or kid approved. So, so yeah. Um, so she went ahead and wrote it, and. Um, yeah, loosely based on kind of her life and her sisters. Um, and the the, the, the the part that really interests me is the break between one and two because you see where the publisher gets involved and is like, yeah, I want a sequel. And, and we he, need more girly stuff. We need more girly stuff. And they got need, to get married. Yeah, and, and we, you got to do some stuff with Joe. And I think that sucked because I don't think she wanted Joe to go where Joe went. Mm-hmm. Or she did, did, didn't want Joe to go there. No. Uh, so we open on Christmassy time, and um, Mr. March, the patriarch of the March family, uh, who, are, who are living in genteel poverty. I love that. Yeah. Like, they have no money, but they have a really nice house and a pretty decent name. So they're still in society. They just are broke. Yeah. So they're living in Massachusetts while Daddy March is away fighting the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And when we first picked up this book, I was like, Lauren, 
where do the marches live? Because Dad's fighting for the North, right? You want to be clear that we only support Mr. March if he was fighting for the North, and he was. And he was. I mean, so, Massachusetts, a. And once I read what a big abolitionist. Uh, Louisa May Alcott was, I was like, well, I figured yeah. she's probably not writing in support of slavery. No, we are not reading uh, Gone with the Wind. This is Little Women. Although, I have to say that there were times where the way they write Hannah's speech is very problematic for me. <laughs> they are, because the marches have, they still have one servant mm-hmm. left over. They're so destitute. and they They're still so destitute because servant. they only have one servant. And can you imagine anything more horrible? Like, I um, But for- Hannah, the way they write some of how she talks, I'm like, mm, this is definitely old school. It's written in a 1800s. weird dialect. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, Louisa May Alcott is clearly writing her in a lower class dialect. Yeah. But, like, I can't tell what they're trying to say with that. Right? And I feel like she's just, it's almost like an American cockney for a In sec. my mind, I just made her Irish because that was funny. Oh, that works. That's fun. I, she's not. I doubt it. In my, no, I doubt it. But I was like, it's funny in my head if she's just like this kind of crazy Irish lady. With with me and her dialect, I was like, she's just real simple. Like, these girls don't yes. have to do a lot to fool Hannah. No. They're like, Hannah, look over there, and then they go do whatever they want. Yeah, but that's basically what the house is. It's just these four girls who have to keep themselves entertained and keep the house and not go to school um, while Marmy is working away. What's Marmy's job? I don't know. I think she... It seems like she's a nurse of some sort, but almost like... She visits. I don't get it. But yeah, but her visiting seems to be charitable. We'll get to that when we get to the Hummels. Yeah, I don't get it. Oh, yeah. So Christmas Eve or Christmas time, um, they're all sad and poor. And the girls are <laughs> Meg, who's the oldest, and mm-hmm. she's 17 when we meet her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's pretty and plump and likes fine things. And yeah, she's very much a Margaret. She seems to have that older, oldest sister thing. Like, Jan Brady has that. Like, uh, what's her bucket? Bennett, Jane Bennett. Like, the oldest sisters in novels always seem to be, like, the pretty perfect one. Yeah. Lady Mary and Downton Abbey. Yeah. And then, like, the second one's always a little bit odd. Yeah. And our second one in this book is Josephine March, who prefers to be called Joe. Yeah. And she's 15. And she's a tomboy and lanky and doesn't like girly things. Um, she's a writer. And likes to say swears like Christopher Columbus. Which is a great which swear. Which makes me laugh so hard. Christopher Columbus. Oh, Christopher Columbus. I'm going to start saying that more. Um, and then there's Beth, who, as we said, might be a ghost child. She's 13. She's really nice. She likes kitties and pianos. Her dolls. Her little in- infirmary of dolls. Her doll infirmary. And the, the ones in the movie with Claire Danes are the creepiest dolls. It's all so creepy, but because it's Beth, it works. Like, everything... She's just... She's so sweet. Right? And that you can't... She would be one of those people, if I knew her in real life, I would probably, like fucking hate her i'd want to shake her a little bit but but you couldn't because she's just so sweet yeah just like oh fine and she also i i didn't realize how poorly she talks about herself until this time around and reading this she's always like i'm just i'm just so dumb i'm just so stupid i can't do it i'm so dumb i'm so this and that whenever she does talk about herself it's like really yeah well, she always puts her sisters up on these pedestals, like, mm-hmm. Meg's so beautiful, Joe, you're so daring, Amy, you're so cute, and or your artistic talent or whatever. Beth's always shitting on herself. Yeah. Poor Beth. Beth. And then last but not least is Amy. Uh, 12-year-old Amy. I hate her so much. She fucking sucks. Amy's the worst. Amy's the worst. She's the worst kind of person. She's the worst. 
Um, she's just the worst. She does some really shitty things. Okay. So and any the thing is, is I feel like anytime Amy does a shitty thing, she's doing it in a really like a mean, vindictive way. Like not just like a like, yeah, it's real calculated and shitty. Well, like, as we're talking, try to think of somebody else in a book that we've re- we researched who does shitty things. But, like, okay, Edmund. Edmund in uh, in Narnia. That's the mm-hmm. name of the book. In Language and the Wardrobe. He does oh, some yeah. shitty things. But, like, they don't seem as shitty as Amy's. Like, Amy's are cold and vindictive. Yeah. And his are just kind of like a snotty little boy lie in the spur of the moment. Yeah. I mean, yes, his lies almost get his family, like, killed by the White Witch. But... I feel like he, I don't know, he's nicer than she is. Well, and you really see the difference in how the girls all deal with, quote-unquote, their their newfound poverty because Amy cannot shut the fuck up about it. Constantly. And what being poor is going to do to her. And she can't imagine life as a poor person. And Oh, she's constantly talking about fine things and wanting fine things. And but then Meg does it too. So I'm, you can kind of see how they're close. Because mm-hmm. they talk about how Meg and... Amy are really close, and then Beth and Joe are really close. Yeah, you totally see that. Yeah. And a, it's, so, like, you're looking at the little sis, like, the sister hierarchy, where the oldest is always pretty great, like, or pretty, pretty pretty and ideal, mm-hmm. and then the second is always an off one, Jan Brady, Lizzie Bennett, mm-hmm. and then the third, or the last, is the baby, who's always the baby of the family, mm-hmm. and you have golden-haired little Amy, who's adorable, even though she doesn't like her nose, like, she's coddled, she's petted all the time, like, yep. She doesn't like to go to Aunt March's because she doesn't get petted as much mm-hmm. as she does when she's at home. And you're like, oh, shut up, shut Amy. Ugh, Amy. Ugh. So she's got that typical, Lydia Bennett, that typical yes. little sister thing going on. Didn't you love that eventually, since we're talking about Jane Austen-y things, mm-hmm. how eventually the publisher's name, or the editor, his name was Mr. Dashwood? God, yes. That was... <laughs> Yay. Like way later on in the book when Joe is trying to sell some of her stories, this editor's name is Mr. Dashwood. I'll just, just picture him as uh, Zach Andrews as John Dashwood being Aww, a giant derp. Oh, good old Zach. Um, anyway, so they're, you know, they're getting ready for Christmas and they do decide to do something which is really sweet, which is they decided that even though they want many gifts, like Amy, um, they've decided to use any money they have for gifts to all buy different things for Marmy and just give her a bunch of gifts rather than get each other presents or get themselves any presents. Yeah, that's when I started really loving them, but also mm-hmm. hating them a little, but mainly loving them. Yeah. Like, I I really like this book. Yeah. I really liked it, and I didn't Me think too. I would really like it. I expected it to be all scornful, but it, because it's not as sharp as Austin, it's not as witty, but it's not as bleak as, like, the Brontes. No. It's just... I liked reading it again mm-hmm. after it's been a really long time. When I was reading one thing about it that reminded me of, I like that they, one of the main themes and messages of the book is that they really are trying to connect to showing that selfless acts or working for the sake of good work is just what makes a good and productive Mm -hmm. life, but they're not doing it in a way that's like attached to religion, which I really appreciate because especially coming from that time, I mean, there's mention of God in the book, and there's, you know, they talk about... hmm But I feel like they were really trying to demonstrate doing, like, charitable acts and good deeds just to be a good person. And Marmy especially really tried to instill that in yeah. all of them. Like, you just need to be a good human being. hmm And I really, I liked that. Yeah, it, it's <clears throat> like, it's selfless. Yeah. Like, they're just, like, they break... So, on Christmas, they wake up, and they have this wonderful Aww. breakfast feast. And... 
as they're sitting and they're excited and they're going to eat all this good food, like they get word that the Hummel family, this group of um, German immigrants, are poor and they have too many children and they have no food. They have nothing on Christmas morning. And so the marches are like, and Marmy, Marmy just kind of comes to them and she's she always she does this thing that's kind of cool where she just always leaves it up to them. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, so here's the deal. They don't have anything for Christmas morning, so. And then they all the, all the girls kind of start to decide, well, we could take them this, we could take them that, and then they end up taking them their whole meal. And and the family's totally delighted, and they, they, they speak no English. Like, they're pretty much just speaking in German, and they're so happy. And, like, the girls felt happy. Um, and then, as a result, their rich old neighbor, Mr. Lawrence, old Mr. Lawrence. Good old Mr. Lawrence. I really like him. He's great. He sees their kindness, and he sends them a Christmas meal. Was it a dinner or, like, candy? or like... I think it was for, yeah, later that evening, because I think they ended up just having milk and bread for breakfast or something like that. Yeah, they just had a simple breakfast. But they were sustained by the love they felt for helping others. Aww. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Hashtag little bitches. Uh, hashtag little bitches. bitches be little. Those little bitches. <laughs> Those little bitches. Uh, well, and that brings in our the character of Lori. Yay! Uh, Theodore Lawrence, who they're not, su- they're not supposed to talk to him. No. Because he's under his grandpa's care. But Joe eventually, like, gets a little foot in the door, and she was like, hey, we could be friends. Yeah. And then she visits him when he's sick and mm-hmm. runs into the grandfather. And although she's terrified of him, like, yeah. makes a good connection. And, and they find out he had, he lost his mom and it's sad. And Yeah, like, there's this grieving house next door with an old man and a boy who's kind of shut in from his peers. Mm-hmm. And, like, old Mr. Lawrence, like, is kind of keeping Lori away from people because he's kind of like, I don't want my nephew to bother you. Yeah, and he's not super mean. You can just tell that mm-hmm. he has a lot of pain from his past and he had some really bad circumstances happen where mm-hmm. he, it's more of that he's being protective now of well and the experience with the piano and all oh of my that God. well if this the experience of beth getting to know him oh, was so i sweet. love that part because she's frightened of him so she doesn't want to go over to Lori's house and and he notices old mr lawrence and so he like because she doesn't or she goes to the house and she's like looking at the piano or something yeah she finds a time to go in there because Beth is like that. She doesn't ever want to go out when, when the other girls will go out places. Mm-hmm. She typically doesn't go. and um, But she really loves to play the piano. And so they keep telling her. I think Joe is telling her, like, you should just, you can go in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. And there's some circumstance where nobody else is around and Beth just decides to go over to the house. Yeah, so home. she's in the music room. Mm-hmm. And, like, the old man startles her. And she thinks yeah. she's getting yelled at. So she runs away. And he's kind of like, oops, I scared that kid. <laughs> So he just has this whole, like, he goes over to their house, he doesn't even focus on her, and he just kind of is like, I'm so glad to be visiting all of you marches, and by the way, I sure would like if somebody would play my piano. Does any girl here like music? And, like, Beth's behind him, like, creeping closer. Like, it's like leaving a little Hansel and Gretel breadcrumb to try to get her to come to him. Yeah, And 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 wasn't it, he didn't like it being played because... It reminded him of his dead his, granddaughter. Yeah, she used to play it. Yeah, it was her, so sad. And she died. And so nobody had been playing it since then. Mm. And then apparently that piano is cursed. Because then Beth, because Beth gets the invitation, she goes over and starts playing it. Like it's it's just what it's she really does. Sweet. And then she ends. He ends up buying her that little piano. Yeah, he buys her a little piano, and then she like loves him forever, and she just uh. goes and hugs him. But I love so much that he's like, okay, I'm an old man, my face is kind of wrinkled, I probably look pretty grumpy with like these big eyebrows, but I'm not, so how can I get this young woman to not be afraid of me? Because mm-hmm. I would like to be generous toward her. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it, and I love the way he, he 
builds a relationship with Joe and yeah it's really sweet and it's really kind without being like cloying about it at all or anything the way this whole book kind of played out reminded me almost of a sitcom like Aww. each each chapter was kind of like an episode like the episode with Amy or with Beth and the piano with Amy and the limes with Meg and the jelly later on like there were these almost self-contained little oh, short stories yeah. Um, and I was like, great, in season two of Little Women, this happens. Because <laughs> they, they, there is a big over, there's a big arc, but it's not super important. Like, every scene doesn't drive the plot. No, that's that's a great way of putting it. And especially because it is just their day-to-day lives, mm-hmm. this and family. wacky adventures ensue. Um, yeah, and then there's some very special episodes. <laughs> Where we learn a lot of things. Like, don't, okay. So we have all these cute little like th- things. Like Amy has this issue with pickled limes at school because they're apparently they're the trend. A, that sounds disgusting. Are we pickling limes now? Is that a thing that we're doing? I what don't the know. fuck does that taste Where like? Where did they get? Why would you? What? Limes are sour anyway. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's like when they pickle watermelon or pick. I only like pickled pickles. We seriously, we need to have a time where we just have all the weird ass foods that we've encountered in a bunch of these books. That would be um, the best um, <laughs> potluck ever. Yeah. Bring Turkish delight. get sick. Oh. But it would be really funny. We just have buckets like Roman gladiators. Yeah. That was a disgusting pickled lime. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and whereas Joe is definitely the kind of person who's like, I don't care what other people think of me and I'm mm-hmm. going to do what I want, Amy very much wants to be like everybody else. That's like the popular thing at school. the cool thing. Well, I feel, okay, I'll give it, I feel a little bit bad for her. Uh-oh. Be just because, like, when everybody else has the thing True. and has also given you the thing, mm-hmm. to be like, I have 20 friends, I'll give them a thing, because you expect to be given back. Like, it's... Yeah, it's still, what is the deal with these limes? Doesn't it strike you, like, as a middle schooly thing? Like, were friendship bracelets big when you were in middle school? Or, like, so I give you one, and then you have to give me one. If you don't right. give me one back, I'm going to be pissed about it. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what this nonsense is. Except it's limes. Um, and what else? We also had uh, Meg in the Meg in the shoes at the ball. Oh yeah, wacky oh, that adventure ball, of Meg in her shoes. Um, and then we have me wanting to murder Amy because of what she does to Joe. Okay, okay. <laughs> so Joe and Lori have become fast friends. They're basically yeah. besties. They hang yeah. out together. They call each other fellow. Like they are just. I I love awesome. when Joe says she's the man of the house, right. which is something yep. she does quite a bit, yep. and it makes me laugh every time. And she's I love like, when Lori well, plays man that. of the house. I so. am the man of the house, <laughs> right? Clearly, my name is Joe, and I eventually cut all my hair off. So she's fantastic. I just when like Lori, when Lori's just, just like, "That's right, old fellow." Like yeah. they're just two bro they're dudes bu- hanging out. They're buds. I love them. Yeah. So, so they're all buddies, and Lori has gotten tickets for himself, Joe, and Meg. Meg. Anybody else? Is Marmy going or is Beth going? No, it's just the older girls. So he's got three tickets to see a play. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you see it, when you go see a play, you buy tickets and you have seating. The girls are getting ready to go, and Amy March flips her shit because yeah. she's not she invited to get the play. To go and well, you have to take me and crying. Yeah. you and have to take me, and they're like, you don't have a and, ticket. Yeah, and she's like, like, we're not gonna get another seat because then you'd have to sit by yourself, and then that would make Lori feel bad, and then we'd have to move, and it would be. Oh yeah, the logistics of this yeah. is ridiculous. Amy, yeah. stay home. You're plus you're not old enough. No, and, and Beth's like, I'm not complaining because I never complain because I'm Ooh. a ghost. And then she fades into the wall um, with like her, her cats. <laughs> Beth um, fades into the wall with her cat. That's not Beth, if you're gonna apparate, please make sure to set your cat down. Sorry. First. Ooh. Ooh. 
and so because she can't go to the play, I mean, March, back. I can't go to the fucking play. She takes. Oh my god. Go ahead. I'm so mad. No, I just got re mad about it. Joe has this book. Joe has her fucking book mm. that she has been writing. Like this is a short, like, like painstakingly writing all this these short the stories and plays that she's written for she her and her sisters. Type. She doesn't have typewriters. She doesn't have it backed up on the cloud. No, she's got this one. If my Matthew laptop script. was a book and you just chucked it in the fire, I yeah. would freak out. And the worst thing about it is the way that Amy did it because they mm-hmm. come home from the play that night and Amy's being all like, "Everything's fine." Oh, look at me! Look at me. And they go to bed, and then Joe goes and she's looking around and she's like, "Where's my like, book?" Hmm. And of course, Amy tries to play it off. Oh, me? I don't know. I don't know. And then she sees it burning in the fire. Amy fucking burned and Joe's life's. Work. Amy is lucky that Joe did not. Toss her into the fire. Oh my god. I would have picked her up and thrown her out of the window. Yeah. Like, what Amy did is, I, I cannot well, forgive and her. And they, there, it's, I like the way that she wrote that whole section too, because it really, for the first time, the rest of the women, even Meg, who usually like comes to Amy's side and these things, yeah, even like Meg is like, oh no. No, you did wrong. And Marmy is even kind of giving her the business and it's like, Amy. That was messed up. Well, but Marmy also says to Joe, she's like, don't go to bed angry. Oh. And Joe's like, I'm gonna. What's that quote she has about don't let the sun set on your anger? Or don't let the, or I don't something. know. I don't know. I wish I could live by that. I know. I'm like, Marmy, I agree with you, but Amy fucking sucks. Amy, Marmy, you should have marmied Amy better because <laughs> you marmied a real bad kid. Marmy, you left and we've had to marmy Amy and then this is what happened. Yeah. Uh, Amy can't marmy herself. No. So Joe doesn't forgive her and Amy no, does and not der- deserve to be forgiven. Nope. And ignores her and won't talk to her and... Well, so Amy thinks she can fix things mm-hmm. by being like, oh, I see Joe and Lori going out to have friend time on the frozen creek ice skating, I'll grab my skates and come along because that's definitely where I'm wanted right Because maybe if I just, like, join them for something, she'll yeah. have no excuse but to let me hang out with her because right. that's going to work. Maybe if I ruin some more plans. Yeah. Um, and so Joe ignores her as she should and fucking Amy falls in the fucking pond or whatever. Okay, and Ugh. it was funny because I love, I love uh, your texts about how uh, Joe threw away her shot. Um, and... <laughs> I love, I really like this section because I feel like Louisa May Alcott, if you read it in a certain way, you can read it in a way that Joe maybe didn't want to go save her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she says that Amy vanished into the water. For a minute, Joe stood still with a strange feeling at her heart. Then she resolved to go on, but something held and turned her round, just in time to see Amy throw up her hands and go down with the sudden crash of rotten ice, the splash of water, and a cry that made Joe's heart still stand still with fear. She tried to call Lori, but her voice was gone. She tried to rush forward, but her feet seemed to have no strength in them. And for a second, she could only stand motionless, staring with a terror-stricken face at the little blue hood above the black water. Ooh. Joe's like, Joe's I like, could hmm. not save her. <laughs> but they do save her. Um, well, Lori springs into action. Joe saves yeah, her. Agrees. Joe and doesn't push her head under the water. No, and then I guess Joe's like, well, since you almost died, I'll forgive you. Fine. And then they're fine, I guess. Uh, and then, and then, uh, oh, and then they get word that, uh, Parpy is feeling better. Or rather, sorry, not feeling better. Parpy? Like, that's what I'm calling now. <laughs> I've decided he's Parpy March now. 
So Marmy and Barbie. <laughs> did you not think did I not know where your mind went? <laughs> uh we just got a telegram that Poppy March <laughs> has been shot in the leg. So Poppy March <laughs> <laughs> not. He gets injured and gets sent to Washington, D.C. Oh, also, it's important to know that he's a chaplain, not a soldier. Yeah. So, uh, Father Parpy. <laughs> Father Parpy <laughs> took a bullet in the leg and got sent to D.C. So, Marmy is like, I'm going to go. Bye. Oh, but it's nice. Like, they knew they'd have to borrow money for her journey. Oh. And, like, Mr. Lawrence helped. Like, everybody's really nice to them, helping her get to her wounded husband. This is when Joe cuts off her one true beauty. <laughs> yep. And Joe's like, how can I be helpful and get some money? And she cuts off all her all hair. All her hair. And then that's what Amy says, because she's a fucking bitch. She's such a bitch. You're Your one, one beauty. beauty. I hate you. Fuck Amy. you, Amy. You know um, what's not beautiful, Amy? Your nose. <laughs> your, d- your dumb face. Who keeps a stupid um, clothespin on her nose, because she's vain and stupid. Oh, before that, I have to go back real quick. I just wrote down, there was that whole time where all the kids, like, went on that trip and they were, like, in the woods or whatever. Oh, yeah, with the British kids? Yeah. Yeah. But they played a game called Rigamarole that I'm sorry was improv. What? Wait, they what? basically told a story. It was... Was it one sentence <laughs> yes, story? Yes, it was yes. like, <laughs> I remember. I was like, these kids are playing early improv games. Go kids. Anyways, back to um, Amy being a bitch about Joe's hair. Amy was a bitch about Joe's hair. Yeah, so that's that. So that's that. She sucks. Um, so Marmy's just like, buy my four children. Be I'm good leaving. for Hannah. Yeah. And Hannah's like, wait what? wait, what? And then they just and then she just leaves to go find Parpy. How do you think <laughs> Well, like, how does Hannah operate? Because she she is a servant mm-hmm. and she she lives in the house with the yeah. girls. So she's a live-in servant, and I assume then they pay her wages because they have to, because she's their servant. But is it like a situation where, like, she doesn't get paid and she just gets room and board? I think so. Because where else would she go? But yeah, maybe. But like that's a thing if you're like an unmarried woman at a certain point. Yeah, you. Is that what you have to do? You work for room and board, and you don't get any money. I mean, because there's one point where she gets a little vacation because then Marmy teaches them a lesson. I liked that part. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, that's a good point. It's Hannah's deal. What's Hannah's deal? Where's Hannah's book? Whatever. She's not prepared to parrot these four girls. Yeah, all of a sudden she's in charge of four girls. They're constantly pointing in one direction and running the other. <laughs> so, what? Hey, what? what? Um, and then and this is where Beth makes the fatal mistake to go help people. Well, Be- well, because everybody is shirking their responsibilities to visit the Hummels mm-hmm. because Marmy's gone and she told them you still need to go visit the Hummels. And Joe and Meg haven't been picking up the slack and going, and so Beth keeps going, and she keeps coming back and being like, hey guys, the Hummels are like super sick, and their kids keep dying, and Joe and Meg are like, we'll go later, Beth. They couldn't give fewer <laughs> fucks about the Hummels. It's ridiculous. Like, Beth is coming home like paler and sadder. It's the one time in her life where Beth like says anything and hey, stands uh, up and is like, um, I guys, need help with the very, very ill German family who doesn't speak my language. Who used to have eight kids and now have five. So, is that weird? No, not I'm really, writing, but... Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. So they let her keep going and then... Um, one of the babies dies in Beth's arms when she's visiting, and it's fucking tragic and sad. So, I mean, not only is the, the yes, the, so the Hummels have scarlet fever, and Beth, of course, gets the scarlet fever. That's the other party we could have. What are all the weird diseases we've encountered in these books? <laughs> There's just so many the of them. typhus, dysentery. The, what did, what did our sweet Fontaine have? Uh, yeah, whatever Fontaine. Uh, uh, whatever. Whores, whores disease. <laughs> poor French disease. Being poor in French. Being poor in French. 
Um, and now we've got Scarlet Fever. So Beth gets Scarlet Fever, and this is this is a point where I got real worried all of a sudden because I was like, I don't ever really remember reading this book. I think this might be the first time I've read the book. But I know because I pulled a lesson plan out of my ass to teach a workshop about Little Women at one point in my career. So I definitely Googled the book and I knew a couple of things. I knew that Amy Ward puts a clothespin on her nose. I know that Amy almost drowns in the, in the river. Mm-hmm. I remember the Amy, Joe in the book part from teaching. I remember Beth dying. And I remember Joe and no Lori. Mm. But so yeah. I just knew, I didn't realize Beth had an early bout with scarlet yeah. fever. So it's I'm a real s- trick. I was like, this is so early for her Trick to be dying. Trick yeah. Um, they got me. You got me, Louisa May. She gets super sick to the point where they finally have to send for Marmy. And that was a really, that was really sweet. Like, they'd all been waiting and they were following Hannah's advice and finally Joe couldn't take it anymore and decided she was going to send for her and Lori said, oh, I already did. She's coming. She'll be here by tonight. Because Lori's the best. He is the, he is Joe's absolute best friend. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he knows that she's going to want that before she herself does. And he's it's like, really pretty sweet. I'll give this thing to you, my friend. Like, Ugh. you don't have to ask. I don't need to show it off. I just give this to you. Joe, why couldn't you two have just been best friends for life? Because that's all marriage is, Joe. Marry like, your dumb what you... sister. Oh. Anyway, we'll get to we'll that. Get that's my, that's my problem with this book. That is I've my fucking problem. I've carried this anger for 20 plus years. So It just got worse after reading 25. it. 25. Ah, um, so then Scarlet Fever happens and Beth is fine. But she pulls through. Yay. Yay. But now Marmy's back. That's better for now. And Mr. Brooke did something smart in this because he goes oh, and hangs right. out in Good D.C. Mr. Brooke. Because Mr. Brooke likes Meg. And mm-hmm. Joe does not like that Mr. Brooke likes Meg. And mm-hmm. Meg is like, I don't really know what. I'm pretty and... Meg. I, I'm going to refuse him. And then she does not. And by refuse him, I meant sit in his lap all night. But, like, Mr. Brooke goes to D.C., escorts Marmy, and goes to help. And so he immediately, like, builds himself up in the esteem of the parents. Like, mm-hmm. that was some, if you're going after the daughter, oh, yeah, let's help mom and dad out in a time of medical crisis. Because yeah. now, then Mrs., or then Marmy started calling him John. And Joe's like, fuck you mean John? Yeah. Why are you calling him John? And then there's all these secrets going around, and Joe is feeling very put out. Because Lori, like, writes fake love letters. Yeah, that whole part was kind of weird. That was like, really Lori, weird. what are you doing? And then Miss, and then his grandpa gets involved, and there's just... <laughs> and Joe is basically upset because she's getting to a point where she doesn't want to think of losing her oldest sister and her growing up and all that. But Meg is now, at this point, what, 17? Yeah, where she's probably got to get married yeah. pretty soon. But they even talk about how she's too young. I liked that, though. The mm-hmm. Marches are sensible parents, and they've already talked about she can't get married till she's 20, which is like old maid age in those days. Yeah. Um, and it, it does seem, I, I did like that. It did seem like the parents had a united front in a way that you didn't really see in mm-hmm. books that much of, from that period. Well, and then, yeah, they were they were both just good parents. Well, yeah. We assume Parpy's a good parent. Well, but Parpy, he, I don't know. He comes back from the war at the end of part one, and they're like, Parpy, and they're so happy. And then you don't, then he just kind of goes away. Like, he's like, goes into his study and just kind of hangs out. Yeah, I realized, I was like three quarters of the way through part two and realized, oh, I, I know what it was. It was when, um... Amy was getting sent off to go to Europe, and she's like, and she waved goodbye to her father. And I was like, wait, what? He's there? Barbie's like, yeah, did he die? Did he go back to the war? Oh, no, he's just been like, no, he's just been sitting in an easy chair smoking a pipe since he came back. 
all the women do their little women work. And... Right. But he's not even like Mr. Bennett, who occasionally pipes up with some scathing remark. No, he's just silent. He's not a sarcastic, like, rude dad. Nope. Just kind of there. Just kind of there, dad. Um, it is a sweet scene when he comes home and sees all of his girls Aww. again. Although he doesn't really know them at all anymore. It's kind of funny. There's a moment where he's, like, giving them each descriptions about themselves. And I'm like, oh, you don't really... Well, that time know your girls for a person is pretty big. Like mm-hmm. when you're, a, you know, from preteen like pre-teen to age, to, yeah. yeah. Like you change a lot, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, Joe, I like that you're not using those that cruel those cruel phrases and language." And I'm like, "Shows what you know." Yeah, you don't know nothing. She just writes it all down now. Yeah, exactly. And then Amy burns it. So then part two uh, opens with it's like three years later. Three years later, John and Meg are getting married. Um, Lori's at college, and then the worst thing happens. Lori comes home, and he's like, realizes he's in love with Joe. Oh yeah. And he like, he's like, I want to spend the rest of my life with her. Like, this is great. She's my best friend. I want to hang out with her always. Isn't that what you should do? Marry your best friend. Marry your best friend. I did. Uh, and she's like, I'm Joe. I'm stubborn. So Joe says no. Oh, and at this point, Joe has also been to New York and met uh, Professor no, Bear. No, she hasn't met him yet. Yeah. She, the proposal comes first. She turns Lori down first. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because Lori goes off to um, Europe after. After, but uh, Joe, because she he throws that in her face even at one point when he's proposing to her. Uh huh. And he even says at one point something about like, "Oh, I bet you're waiting for that old man, Mister Bear, or whatever," because he'd been reading the letters that uh-huh. Joe was sending home. I am so bothered by the romance with Miss with Mister Bear, Ugh. like. So everything she turns away from Lori is what I think is qu- it, best in a quality relationship. Is he respects her? Mm-hmm. Um, they're best friends. She they've been through. Fu- they know the shit everything together. about each other. Yeah, they're on equal footing. Like and let's face it, Lori's he was played by Christian Bale. So what's he not had to, to be like? hot? He's rich. Mm-hmm. He's got good hair. Your mom likes him. Your mom loves him. Your sisters like him. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got, got a girl's name. You've got a boy's name. It's amazing. <laughs> Lori it and Joe. Joey Tribbiani when he read the book. Exactly. I gotta start over. Oh god. <laughs> I gotta start over. I. I know, but but you're right. She turns away all of these things that she then money. is an infatuated with. Old then, man bear for some reason. Okay, old man bear, older, condescending to her. I think I don't like that he criticizes yeah. her writing. Yeah. I like it's it's, it's kind of ugly. I yeah, because she's, I didn't even get how they were. Was he just a boarder in that mm-hmm. house? That's how they were living in the same house. Because she, when she's in New York, she's essentially kind of like nannying yeah. for this family. And that's how she has a place to live. And he lives in that same house. Yeah, and he's and a professor and he teaches so her German kind of a little. creepy because he's just sort of around. Like there's that scene where she says she walks by and he's just in his bathrobe and he was not ashamed. And I'm like, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed because you're creeping. You're waiting for the cute young girl to walk by while you're in your bathroom. Yeah, and he's just an eternal bachelor. And I no one really knows what his deal is. Vehemently dislike him. I, 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 that's the thing. is like, I would have understood if Joe turns Lori down because her whole deal is I'm not marrying anyone. Right. But for then... For her to then marry a man who is so much her senior, who talks down to her, who doesn't really respect her work, the kind of work that she wants to do. doesn't know her family the way that... Right? Lori did. I think... And 
to me, there's some for, for Joe going out in the world of, oh, isn't it romantic to have an affair or be infatuated with a man 20 years my senior? 20 years your senior. If a man is 20 years your senior and he is unmarried and hitting on like a 19-year-old girl, there is something wrong with that 20-year-old man. you're smarter than this. Right? It's because he has gone through his life and nobody wants him. And now he's like, I found someone young and impressionable. Like, that, that, it's gross. Yeah, it's really gross. It, it's really gross. I'm just grossed out by Joe's whole marriage. Yeah. Oh, and in the midst of all this, we didn't even talk about that Beth's dead. Oh, yeah. Sorry. R.I.P. Beth. Oh, oh, yeah, Beth died. Well, and Beth I only say that sick. because Joe really does, is at, like, her lowest point because she's dealt with, like, turning Lori down and Beth died and it's, like, all in, like, a hole. And meanwhile... It's sad. Jo- and her, Amy oh. and old man Lawrence and Lori are in Europe while this death is happening. Yeah. And Aunt March. Amy doesn't see Beth again before mm-hmm. she dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we didn't talk about the whole thing where Amy kind of replaces Joe as Aunt March's companion when mm-hmm. Beth is sick. And that chapter when Beth is sick and Amy gets the ring, for me, that's this whole, like, Amy March learns how to be manipulative. Mm-hmm. Whereas everybody is like, you must, like, Aunt March loves Amy because she's a good girl and she behaves and she minds Aunt March and she's pretty and has manners. And you're like, that's mm-hmm. not who she really is. She's playing you. Yeah, because she wants your fancy you, jewels and stuff. That's why I think it was kind of funny the whole, out of the whole thing, then Aunt March still ends up leaving her house to, estate. Yep. Leaving it to Joe. I to love that. To be fair, that. though, Amy and Lori were fine. They wouldn't yeah, need it. Beth is dead. And Meg's got, but Meg still has her shitty little cottage. Her cute, she's so, so shitty, shitty about it. No, but she's shitty about it. She is shitty about it. Meg is shitty about being poor. Yeah. That's where I say that when we get to our asthma award, she gets a special mm-hmm. asthma award. Um, I think plot though wise, yeah, that's pretty much. I think plot that's wise. pretty. Oh, um, so Joe, the, Meg ends up having they they all end up having babies. Meg ends up having twins, um, which is kind of cute. She's the first kids. Amy, Amy and um, Lori have a little girl that they name Beth and is sickly and is sickly <laughs> because she's cursed. Um, and then Joe has two little boys and names one Teddy. And I'm sorry, but Teddy and Bear live in the same house. <laughs> I think it's really... By the way, Joe, I think it's real weird that you named your kid after... The man you turned the down. The man you turned down. Well, what's even weirder is that Lori marries Amy. What's even Real weird. That's real weird. And the way that reads, too, is how he's kind of like, I can make this work. I just want to marry a Mark. Yeah. Ugh. Lori. 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 I mean, I get it, though, because I guess he, you know, Amy is kind of the fun one. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I can show her off at parties. But well, still, you know that he loves Joe the most. Well, but also Amy's the last option. Yeah. Meg's married. Beth's Be- dead. Beth's dead. Joe turned him down. <laughs> if you want to be a March, you're either going to have to marry Amy or kill Parpy. Because... <laughs> He wants a March girl so bad. He's he's gonna he's gonna marry Hannah next, right? Well, Grandpa Old Man Lawrence is like he would be pretty good. I wouldn't mind at, at Meg's wedding. He says to Lori, he's like, if you want to do this, if you get one of those little girls over there, I wouldn't be so bad. Like he kind of, Old Man Lawrence is like Lori, marry a March, and Lori yeah. says something like, oh, I mean to, or something like that. Like it's really sweet. I know. I, I think we should pick for favorite characters. Okay. You have to pick your favorite March girl. You have to pick your favorite sister and then another favorite, a character that's not a March okay. sister. Okay. 
Unless you hate all the March sisters, then fuck that. No, I love all the March sisters. <laughs> I but I think I like Joe. I mean, yeah. I think you just like Joe because mm-hmm. she's the author's she's voice. The best because she's the best, and she cuts all her hair off, and she swears, and yeah, she's like best buddies. And she's funny and she's, she's rad. Mm-hmm. In 2019, I think our girl Joe would be definitely be like non-binary, just kicking around with the yeah. dudes. Yeah, she's my choice too. She yep. just storms into New York publishing offices and is like, publish my stories. Right? And they're like, okay. And she writes weird plays. I'm Mr. Dashwood. All right. Uh, Joan Dashwood. Yeah, she um, writes weird plays. She's yeah. great. Yeah, Joe's rad. Then I'm going to rank the March sisters. Oh, okay. Ooh, Ooh, nice. I like this. My So my one after Joe, I guess, would be Meg. Just because Beth doesn't do anything ever. But she's so cute with those kittens. Mm-hmm. So I would guess I would go Joe, Meg, because I appreciate watching Meg fail at wifey things. She's so bad at she's it. She's so bad at it and she gives us hope. Like she's, she's bad at wifing. She's bad at wifing. She can't make jelly. And she sucked at like the ball. She turned her ankle. Like she tries to do all these fancy things. Like she's trying to be the pretty girl mama and she just fucks everything up. <laughs> Whereas Joe's like, I don't care. Yeah. Um, so I would go Joe, then Meg, then Beth, just because she's pretty neutral. And then Amy March spawn of fucking Satan. <laughs> I hate that little bit. Little bitches. Little bitches. I would alter mine slightly because I think I would go Joe, Beth, Meg, mm. Amy. Just because I have a real soft spot for Beth, even though she is part ghost. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but who's your other uh, a favorite character that's not a March girl? Lori! Yeah. I love him so Fucking much. Lori is the best. And well, I mean, looking back on it, really. Okay, so I first read this book, I was probably 10 or 11. And then the 90s movie came out, I was 13. And Christian Bale. And Christian Bale and Winona Ryder, who I loved. Right, uh, and so I basically wanted to be Joe March and find my Lori, but I wanted to like marry him and yes. not be dumb like Joe and not follow this asinine plot twist. But like that to me was like perfection. I'm like, you mean this? It's this guy that you like pal around with your whole life, and then you end up, and you know him so well, and you're yeah. not marrying him for his money. Yeah, you're just you. And like what the, oh, he proposes, Lori. and I can't remember how he does it in the book because <sighs> this is the book that I listened to all audiobook. Um, no pages, and it's kind of freaking me out that I don't mm-hmm. have the written word. But I remember Christian Bale in the movie being like, marry me, we'll go to London, we'll bang around, like, b- banging around London with your best friend. And Joe's been wanting to go to Europe for the whole book. Like, Joe, he's not going to make you wife. He has enough money for you to be comfortable. And he says, like, you can you can only write when you want to. Yeah. Like, and of course she'll want to. Yeah. Like, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't condescend or He's like, I'm going to let you live your life exactly how you want it. And we have We're just so, going to do it together. And we have so much fun in Massachusetts. Wouldn't we have that same amount of fun in England? Of course you would. God damn it, Joe. Why didn't Joe. <sighs> why'd you well, marry that old man? I don't care if he was Gabriel Byrne in the movie. Right? That's still not a Christian win. Bale trumps Gabriel Byrne. Every single time. Yeah. What, um, is Laurie your secondary favorite? Yeah, or, or his, his grandpa is just... He's just such a sweet... Well, I do like crotchety old Aunt March, too. She's a good character, too. They're all really good characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, except for Amy. Amy sucks. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and some of those assholes that are at the parties that they go to. Oh. Well, that's one thing that I found really interesting in this. It's like, what is worse, honestly, being poor or being unattractive? Being an unattractive woman. Because they talk about if somebody's plain looking, if someone's homely, if someone's ugly, in such a disdainful way that it's like, if you're not born pretty then you better just and if you're poor to boot because that's what they say so much about themselves is like well we might be poor but at least we're pretty kind of a thing yeah and i'm like oh my god oh, Jesus, <laughs> what? 
what is happening? Right? Well, there's all... Like, Aunt March wanted Meg to marry into money, which is why she can't give them any wedding gifts and then gives them a fake wedding... A, a, a secret gosh. wedding gift. That's that really... whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Aunt March, you crazy person. Um, but, yeah. And then, I mean... The sucks here asthma award is pretty clear. It's Amy. It's straight up Amy. Although, so I will say, there were times where Meg gets like an honorary one for just some of the shitty things she does, especially with her poor husband. When she, who all he is trying to do is like be sweet and give her the life she wants, even though they may not might not have much money. And then she constantly when oh yeah they get in that fight after the whole like jelly incident, and she's like, well this wouldn't have happened because we're poor. And it's just such a slap in the face. And he doesn't, like, talk to her for, like, the rest yeah. of the day. And I can't blame him because... Ouch. Well, because that whole thing, like, she calls him poor. He goes and has dinner with his friend away. Because that was the problem, that he brought a friend, friend home for dinner. And, like, she yeah. wasn't ready. Um, and, like, she's, like, and Marmy's like, hey, he's going to be, he's a different kind of anger than us. Like, Meg, you flash and then it's gone. It's the March anger. And the John anger is like, simmer. <laughs> You're like, uh-oh. That's another, this is another reason I love Lori. Mm-hmm. Cut, cut back, way back to, like, when they go to that first ball. Or when Meg, Meg gets to go away for a fortnight. Yes. Hopefully. And she, um, she overhears the girls talking about her dress and how she looks poor because she's wearing tartan or whatever. And so they decide to loan her a silk and get her all dolled up. And Lori sees her at the party and is like, I liked you better before. Right? Oh, oh Lori! And, and I, yeah, I just, I'm so mad at those <laughs> other girls for just making her feel small. Making her feel shitty. Yep. Yeah. But that's one thing about those March girls. They're very, um, they, they have their pride. They do. And but they're quality on the inside. Yeah, like, they really are. Even, even Amy has her moments. Fuck you, Amy. Um, so yeah, Ask My Award, that was easy. Well, and I think the thing that the, the thing that I'm angry about, the Joe and Lori situation, mm-hmm. is, as we've kind of talked a little bit, is the publisher was like, you write book two, and you make Joe get married. Get these two get together. Well, yeah, they're like, you, you, you must marry Joe off. Mm-hmm. And at least uh, Louisa May Alcott didn't want to. Right. And I think that's the thing, that if she's like, no, Joe stays unmarried and lives her life because she doesn't want to do that, then I can, get, I can kind of accept her not being with Lori. But the fact that she then marries somebody who's so gross to me is, yeah. I, she, and I, I love that Louisa May Alcott never got married her whole yeah. life. She did what she wants. She does what she wants. Um, yeah, and I, and I felt like with Joe, they try to write it so it looks justified as to why she's infatuated with this man, but you never really fully mm-hmm. get it. Like the intellectual, the the more experienced, the more bohemian than Lori, who still comes from wealth and like. I guess it's sweet that they end up running the school at yeah. the end, but still. But still, I don't like him. I don't like they're all hanging out together. Go away, Professor. I don't like you. Um, Ew. Yeah. Ew. Ew. You're so... Ew. Ew. What were some of your favorite parts? I... Which episode of the sitcom Little Women yeah, did I like the best? Yeah, which episode? It's the one where they... If we're going by Friends episodes. The one where Amy's hand gets smacked. <laughs> um, the one where Amy falls through the The ice. one where nobody shows up to Amy's dumb party. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love it. Nobody showed up to her <laughs> party. It was well, such schadenfreude. It made me so happy. Fuck her. She had one friend over. She had one friend over. <laughs> she makes everybody go to all this trouble. Oh my god, not once but twice. 
Both wants the price. Her mom's even like, it's gonna be expensive, Amy. Is this what you want to spend your money on? This is what I love about Marmy, though, because mm-hmm. she's like, uh, they even had a little aside in that where she's like, she would rather she let her she lets her kids fail. Yeah, and Amy learns a big old lesson. <laughs> yeah. that she failed big. Spends all her money, all of it, and then like she's spending it all these little things and realizes how much it's adding up. You're like, ooh. Amy. Yeah. Uh, but what was your favorite uh, mini episode of of, <laughs> my, li- of Little Women? My mini a favorite On mini this episode, episode of Little Women. I really liked where they admit Teddy, uh, admit Lori to the, the Pickwick Society. Oh, that whole thing was so great. It was so fun. And it was a little, nice little nod to Dickens. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Dickens. Mm-hmm. Whatever episode number that was that we did. Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Hey. Um, one of my favorite things in the whole book was... That whole thing where Marmy just, where the girls get really lazy and decide that they're just gonna have like their weeks of leisure in the summer or whatever. And so Marmy yeah. decides to show them what it means if everybody in the house just stops working. And so Marmy stops working and yep. stops doing anything and gives Hannah the day off and is like, all right, well, I can't do it. I can't help you because. I'm off today, so. So, yeah, figure it out yourself. Are we, we're not working. Are we we're, not working? We're not oh, working. I, I thought we weren't working, so I guess you can. It's so great, though. I really, I like Marmy a lot. Um, she might be the best book marm that we've, we've encountered. Yeah, and they, they showed that she had an inner life in a way that I feel like you didn't see moms. Like, moms are just these cheery moms who, like, pop in yep. and be a mom, and then they leave. And there's that whole chapter where she's, talking to Joe about how Joe needs to deal with her anger and how she's like, I've had this problem too. And these are ways mm-hmm. I've learned to deal with it. Marmy would probably be popping some Xanax and drinking some Chardonnay if this was um, a lot later in life. But but for now, she just doles out her quiet little lessons mm-hmm. and like then stands back and lets... <laughs> sees yeah. what happens and I like that about her like what, is she, what does Amy call it like a pile of naughties or my own something like y- y'all your bad ha- all your bad things yeah. like Joe's is her anger Amy's mm-hmm. is that she's Amy she's vain and Amy <laughs> she's so Amy Beth is that she's a ghost uh, and Meg's is that she's <laughs> poor I don't know <laughs> that she is so pretty she's so but poor pretty, but poor um but yeah do you think okay so I'm trying to figure out why I like this book so much because mm-hmm. I actually really liked it. I do it's too. pretty wholesome and lovely and meandering, and it has none of the things that I like, like fighting or yelling or British people. No, but yeah, some it really people. is just women being women. Mm-hmm. But, the, but I think since she based it on her own sisters, the characters are all pretty rich. Since she based it on her experience, it's pretty true to life. Her description is really beautiful. She has some really lovely passages, and um, I like her prose a lot so when I was reading it or prepping for today I was looking at it and just realizing the opening is about like the girls kind of bemoaning being poor um and how they're like destitute in this old house and they'll never do anything they're a bunch of sisters and then you know it goes on and they and I realized I'm like this is almost three sisters it is almost uh, the same problems as three sisters <laughs> except with an American wholesome apple this pie spin Massachusetts on it. instead of Moscow yep <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll never get to Boston. But, like, it's sort of the same situation, except this is the American version of I the love Russian it. story. Yes. Oh, be well. And Amy is so, uh, what's her name? Is Arena. It Arena, who's the youngest? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Joe and Masha are very much the mm-hmm. same. Like You're on to something here, yeah. kid. Uh huh. Little sisters. Great. Done. Uh, little sisters. 
starring Je- Lauren and Jessica. Uh, it's, it's a Russian, it's an American version of uh, Chekhov's Three Sisters. And actually, you know what? We're both, ju- we're just playing all the parts. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, it's going to be great. We're going to fight over who gets to be Lori. Dexter's Lori. It'll, um, it'll be great. So we'll see you there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I got this question for okay. you. Okay. Uh, if you had to set the four little women up, or you could just be one of the four little women up, or we could go back and forth. If you had to set one of the four little women up with a character from any other book that we've covered on this podcast, oh my who would you goodness. share and why? I think I would set Joe up with Lori. Like, I, I love Joe and Lori. You want them to just get together. I just want them to get together. I'm yeah. really, really upset about it. Um, oh, um, man. Um, Edmund and Amy would actually kind of work well together. They would. I feel like. Um, but just for funsies, um, I <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ship Beth with Johnny Cade from The Outsiders. I was gonna say who dies in another book that we can set up with Beth, and we can set them up as ghosts of themselves. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. Um, I also want Beth, maybe just for funsies, if Joe didn't end up with Lori, she mm-hmm. ends up with some sort of bad boy, like, um, she gets like a Gatsby? Mercutio or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Someone's got to end up with Gatsby. Somebody's got to end up with Gatsby. Can we put Gatsby. Meg and Gatsby together Meg just Gatsby. for fun? Let's let Meg have some money for yeah. a day change. She'll, shirts, shirts, <laughs> shirts. They're such fine shirts. She would love the shirts. I would. Oh, that's hysterical. Or I would set Joe up with the guy from uh, Gift of the Magi, because then we'd have that same haircut problem. <laughs> She's cut all her hair off for no reason. Because Parpy didn't even spend her haircut money. He just took it. Like, she cut your hair off, Parpy. I can't handle every time you say Parpy. Parpy is funny. It's a natural connection to Marmy, and I will die on this. Well, I feel like if something happened to Parpy, then Jean Valjean should come in and marry Marmy. Yeah! Because he would help raise those girls right, too. He would. Jean Valjean knows something about raising girls. And then he could sing Castle on a Cloud because they sing about their castles in the air. Right? Oh, Beth can play. And he can just sing real high. Uh-huh. Um, nobody from 1984 gets to be with anyone. No, no, no. <laughs> and then to be fair, or or we could set Lori up with himself in Midsummer. We can set up Lori and Lysander. <gasps> no, he was Demetrius. No, he was Demetrius. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes, because Jean Valjean was mm-hmm. Lysander. Yeah, so we set, set Lori up with himself. If we want to have just a, keep picturing Sam Rockwell, and it's just... <laughs> No, every time I picture the Midsummer movie, it's just all Sam Rockwell. <laughs> it shouldn't be oh, Sam Rockwell. Oh, Kelvin Klein. Hey, speaking uh, of movies, did we ship, there did are we ship so all these? We shipped them many, all. Yeah. yeah no, they're all set up. They're good. There are so many fucking adaptations of this. Holy smokes. But I have to start with the best, the best reference ever that Lauren texted me that I'd forgotten about, which was... Christian Bale? No, Joey Tribbiani. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. I've forgotten about him until you reminded this me. This is a really great episode of Friends. Season three, I'm pretty sure, because I just watched it again. Yeah, it was season three, where uh, Joey, uh, Rachel challenges Joey to read Little Women, and Rachel decides to read The Shining. Mm-hmm. And Joey's various struggles with reading Little Women is just the greatest thing. Like, first he has to start it over because um, he keeps thinking Joe is a boy and Lori's a girl. <laughs> Because that was the one thing missing from The Shining. What? Beth is really, really sick. Oh. <laughs>
Joe's there, but I don't think there's anything she can do. Joey? Yeah? You want to put the book in the freezer? Okay. Okay. That's so oh, Joey, funny. he's so sad. He's so sad. That's getting real sick. <laughs> uh, but then, um, and then the, there's some good Simpsons ones. There's some good Simpsons ones. Yeah. Like uh, we we see Homer sitting in a in a bar, and he's like, for some reason, Moses always closed on Wednesdays. <laughs> and then you kind of go to the background, and Moses in the corner reading to a group of, of home, it's it's homeless folks or just folks. Um, I think just patrons. Just, pa just, just yeah. regular patrons. So Moses reading. Here's that. And then they realized. They were no longer little girls. They were little women. Um, although I will say if you go to YouTube, if you just type in little women, mm -hmm. what you'll get first are a lot of clips of that reality show. Yep. Um, so make sure you type in little women movie if what you want to watch are clips from them. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it's um, uh, little people, yeah. but female little people living Who their lives. Are, are living it up. They're apparently mm -hmm. they're getting theirs. And if you put in little bitches, uh, you get on a watch list. So don't hey, do that. Hey, don't do that. Um, but there have been so many movie adaptations and then made for TV series. My mom said she actually really loves the old one that Elizabeth Taylor is Amy. Wow. The, yeah. Elizabeth Taylor and, and Judy last... Garland is in that one. And She's I Beth, think uh, Catherine and... Hepburn's in it. Yeah. It's like a really good cast. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that one. I but then seen... the 90s one is classic. I, it's actually a really good version. It is really good. And it has um, like one of those huge star-studded casts. Yeah. Is, and directed uh, by a woman. And Susan, Susan Sarandon Sarand. is Marmy. Uh, Winona Ryder is Joe. Claire Danes is Beth. Um, uh, Kristen Dunst, who just plays the best little bitch ever, she's is an amazing Amy. little Amy. And then uh, Andy McDowell, is that her name? No. Who played Meg? Yeah. No. Meg is an actress played... Wait, what was Andy McDowell in? What am I thinking Four of? Four Weddings and a Funeral? <laughs> no, uh, no, you're thinking the woman looks a lot like Andy McDowell. But, and watch, I'm an IMDb this and oh, you're wrong wow. and you can make fun of me. But I believe her name is Trini. And stopped being in movies after that. Oh. Little Women. Yeah, let me pull her up. But that movie version is really good. And Christian yeah. Bale is our good friend, Trini Lauren. Alvarado, who looks a lot Whoa. like Andy McDowell, yep. but isn't, and has not gone on to fame and fortune, whereas everyone else in this movie has. That's so weird. And she's Meg, like she's, and she's pretty, and she's yeah. good in it. I was like, where, what is your career doing? It's gotta be weird when you're in something where everyone is mm -hmm. popular. Samantha Mathis is old Amy, and she's famous yeah, now. because they have to have two Amys. Mm -hmm. um, Eric Stoltz, for some reason, as John Brooke. Oh my God. That was a little disconcerting. I like me some Eric Stoltz, but that was like, I was like, you? Oh, I also like uh, <laughs> Eric Stoltz. What are you doing in this universe? Oh, hey, Eric Stoltz. Oh, hi, Eric Stoltz. Remember the uh, time you weren't Marty McFly? I, um, I figured out a weird Stranger Things connection <gasps> because you know how in this new season of Stranger Things, Maya Hawke is in it? She's Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter. Uh-huh. There was, a, like, two years ago... A made-for-TV version of Little Women, and she played Joe, and Winona Ryder played Joe in the '90s, and then they were both on Stranger Things together. That's awesome. Old Joe and New Joe, killing monsters. 
Um, and she's then, really good, by the way. And she, she looks like in equal parts, like both her parents. It's kind of weird because sometimes I'm like, oh my god, it's Uma Thurman face. Well, I don't think I realized that she would be a good was Joe. their kid. Yeah. Um, it took me a couple episodes to figure that out. So yeah, the, the one that she is in is a mini series that yes. has three episodes. I wish I could um, see that one, but I, know it looks I don't know what it's on. I think it was Canadian. I don't know. It was on something. And then there's going to be a new one coming out this year with Emma Watson. <gasps> at the, okay, this cast is bonkers. Let's talk about this. Saoirse Ronan. I can't ever say Saoirse. her name right. Saoirse. Um, she's great, Lady Bird girl. Lady Bird girl. So yeah, so Florence, Florence Pugh. Sure, sure. Is playing Amy. She looks pretty. She looks properly Amy. (laughs) Meryl Streep is Aunt March. Emma Watson is Meg. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, but I. She acts. Emma Thompson is an act. Or Emma Thompson. (laughs) Emma Thompson is playing Meg. Wow. Emma Thompson uh, is digitally. It's old lady, little women. I'd still watch it. I'd fucking watch Emma Thompson play anything. Yeah. um, Meryl Streep is actually Amy. She could do it too. She could do it. She, she could. Freaking street. You would be like, I had no idea. She was so good. Timothy Ch- Timothy Chalamet. Oh, yeah. Chalamet. Chalamet. Good and beautiful is Lori. Yeah. He'll be a good Lori. Fucking Laura fucking Dern is Marmy. God damn it. Speaking of Big Little Lies, I'm a Laura oh. Dern fan. Laura Dern. That turned you around because see, like Kevin is someone who doesn't really like Laura Dern. I think this might turn that opinion around. Because I was like, Laura Dern. He's always like, what's she doing here? Like, I feel like everything we see, he's like, Laura Dern, get out of here. I don't mean to to poo-poo Laura Dern. But I like her, fine. But she was always sort of like a non-entity. Like, oh, yeah, she was in Jurassic Park and she was there. She was fine in it. I didn't love her. Yeah. Or like, uh, mm -hmm, what's the other Laura Dern? Oh, when she popped up on Kimmy Kimmy Schmidt as as the girlfriend of... John Hamm in jail, or the woman who wanted to marry John Hamm in jail. I liked her performance, but I was a little like, Laura Dern, what are you doing here? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Big Little Lies happened, and I was like, give me everything she Laura Dern. in that. Yeah, I can't wait for you to continue to watch it. She'll be um, a good Marmy. She'll be a good Marmy. She'll be a good Marmy. She'll be a good Marmy. Uh, so it's going to be Parpy. Uh, Parpy <laughs> is Chris Cooper, I think. What? What? Uh, Bob Odenkirk? Bob Od- What's he doing in this movie? He doesn't tell us. It just listen. What? You can't do, do you, that to me. What do you think Bob Odenkirk's gonna be? Oh my God, he's just—he's not the. Per- he's gonna—he's gonna be Easy? old man Lawrence. No. Okay, wait. We respect. <laughs> this is wild speculation. James Norton is Mr. Brooke, who they have made a little younger and a lot hotter. Uh, Into it. Okay, Louis Garrel is Mr. Professor Bear, and he's my. Okay, seriously, you don't put a comedic genius like Bob Odenkirk in something like Little Women and not tell us who- and not tell us who he's playing. Right. Maybe he's the teacher who beats the hell out of Amy. Ooh, that'd be good. Um, but there's a mu- there's a musical of this with Sutton Foster. Yes, it's lovely. I have um, there's it. a stage, just a play version that I remember that they did at the Fox. Was that the musical? That was the musical. Yes, it was. There was music in that. I saw it. It was good. Jenna was in it. Yeah, so was uh, Chloe. Chloe. Chloe was Meg. Of course she was. Yeah, she, she was, was adorable. Um, so why the fuck did we read this? Was it to show like a slightly different version of woman, womanhood of females? I mean, I don't know. How different are they? This is... A, okay, I feel like this probably came into my life in late elementary school, even mm-hmm. though I, pro- I don't think remember reading it or doing book reports or anything. I wonder if it's just that its content was so pal- palatable that it could we could eat we could consume. Yeah, it's an easy book to read in school. Doesn't use a lot of big words. I can see how younger people or, or younger boys would be bored. Um, just, 
I think it sucks that we skew a lot towards boy audiences because boys will, in, the, 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 it used to be, even in like school and in theater programming and whatever, you're like, well, we have to have stuff that boys want to do because yeah. girls who do boy things, but boys won't do girl things, which is such a bummer for this book. Like, yeah. Like my husband Jeff, he's like, I didn't really read it because I'm pretty sure I wrote it off as like a girl's book. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hate that there's like gendered books. Mm-hmm. That I would read the hell out of Treasured Island, but yeah. I, wouldn't, I don't want a Treasure Island, not Treasured Island. But I wouldn't <laughs> call it a, I, I hate that it's a boy's book. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we had to read it because it was a girl's book and it's super famous. Yep. Yeah, I guess so. I read an interesting little bitty, bitty bit right here. Um, take a screenshot. According to literary critic Sarah Elbert, when using the term, quote-unquote, little women, Alcott was drawing on its Dickensian meaning. It represented a period in a young woman's life where childhood and elder childhood were overlapping with young womanhood. Each of the March sister heroines had a hair... Yeah, oops. Each of the March sister heroines had a harrowing experience that alerted her and the reader that childhood innocence was of the past and that the inescapable woman problem was all that remained. So what what are the incidences for each of the girls? Also, and the article you sent me about how it's much more feminist than it is at first viewing, mm-hmm. um, the hidden fem- feminism of mm-hmm. Louisa May Alcott, was that Beth, Beth, who's like this ideal of young womanhood, dies when she enters adulthood. Mm-hmm. Like, when she becomes a woman. Because she, mm-hmm. she's, boom. like, 18. Yeah, she can't. Right on the money when she dies. I think that's so interesting. Like, um... Yeah, well, you do have to... You see each of them have their own... They do each have their mm-hmm. own... Even though they work on so many things as a unit, they do have to each go through their own personal... Is Joe's Beth dying? That's her harrowing experience? Is Amy's the fall through the lake? Like if yeah, if that if that author purports that each of them has an experience that signifies childhood is over and womanhood has begun, I don't know what all the examples are. I mean, Beth, I don't think Beth makes it through hers. I think she did. Yeah, and and I don't know how much Amy learns from hers. Mm-hmm. Do you think Amy's is the lake? Yeah, yeah. And in some ways, isn't it? That's it for Joe in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Joe's is the proposal. Because all of a sudden, because she doesn't want it to happen, she doesn't want it to happen. Yeah. And she's like, because when it happens, it means I have to say Mm -hmm. something. And she can't live in this ideal of childhood with a a male best friend forever. Like, I did watch that scene again from the movie. Oh, it's so sad. And it's so good. So good. Winona Ryder and Christian Bale are really good. But it's one of those things I'm watching it and I don't believe, I'm like, I don't believe that either of you are like 19. You both look like you're in your mid to late 20s. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I was reading an article about the new, the BBC, the miniseries adaptation that just came out, the one Mm -hmm. we were talking about with Maya Hawke, Uh that they they lessened the Professor Bear problem by aging him down. So he's 10 years younger and the screenwriter made a concerted effort to give Joe and Laurie less chemistry. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, but is that going against the book? That is fixing the book yeah. rather than honoring the book. That's just finding a way to justify them not ending up together. I, think. Mm-hmm. I don't love that. I don't either. Er. Um, well, I recommend was... 
That was them little women. That anybody who reads this book stops at the end of book one. I don't think you need to go through Beth dying for real. I don't need, think you need to know that Joe doesn't end up with Lori. I don't think we need to hear anything more about Amy ever. And uh, we can just not ever hear about Be Meg and spending too much of her husband's money. Yeah, when really part one is a much more, it's really concise. Um, it's like a full year. It wraps up really nicely. Mm -hmm. Um Whereas I feel like part two, there's a lot more of those rambling sections of not having the right dress for the party that I'm just don't care about. Um, and not it's not bad, but yeah, you're right. And especially if you don't want to put yourself through the trauma of Beth dying and Joe turning Lori down, then... Yeah, not necessary. Speaking of not wanting to put yourself through the trauma, uh, you'll notice that Little Women bumped up Les Miserables book two <laughs> because we didn't want to go through the trauma of reading it's through... summer. It's summer. Nobody wants to read about the Battle of Waterloo in the summer. Um, but we will wrap it up our second season with this yeah. episode. Yeah, Jess is about to hit the road. To Virginia. Yeah, go. Um, so we're probably going to be on pause for a minute, but that yeah. doesn't mean we're not reading things or taking your suggestions. If you have something you're dying to hear us discuss, please tweet at us at R-E-Q Readcast. And also, if you uh, pick something that is shorter than Little Women, we will super duper appreciate it. <laughs> if you it. pick a 300-page book that's actually 300 pages, that would be real great. Because so apparently cool. we don't know how to read page counts. Um, but seriously, if you have stuff we want us to do that you read in school, do suggest it. We had a uh, listener message us on Instagram, Beth underscore Rose underscore B on IG, who asked, hey, could you possibly do an inspector calls at some point? I know it's probably not required in America, but it's compulsory for GCSE students in the UK. So it would be really cool to have an episode about that. Um, Beth underscore Rose underscore B. We can read the hell out of a play. We would love to do that. Play scripts are fun and that easy to read. sounds like a great fall. And I know read. nothing about an inspector calls. Um, I don't think I do either. Right? And it's required in England, so we yeah. should probably know it. So um, we love doing things that are required in England. Yeah, I know. It's just all so much more jolly. Um, so send us suggestions. We will be catching back up with our friends in Les Miserables, our sad, sad French friends. We'll be doing an inspector calls, but shoot some other things our way. Um, yeah. Other books I think are neat are Johnny Tremaine. I bought a copy of that oh. back when we decided to start this. We got just do so it. we could talk, just so we could play the Johnny Deformed clip. Yeah. And we still haven't done it, so we're gonna have to do that. That'll probably come up. Uh, oh, I didn't even ask. Are you reading anything else right now? Fuck you. Uh, no, I'm no, I'm not. I'm yeah, not. I had read. Oh I finished. God. I finally finished the "Stay Sexy, Don't Get Murdered." Yay! Books. Shout out to our podcast ideals at uh, my favorite Um And then I just started. I started. Uh, it's called Midnight at the Bright Ideas Bookstore. Oh, that sounds good. Actual fiction, but then I started. Then I got balls deep in Little Women. So I got balls deep. In little women. Um, so, hey. Yeah, that's right. I said it. She said balls deep in little women. Little bitches. But yeah, so send us your stuff. Follow us on the things. Um, so you can keep up with that hot, hot content. <laughs> and uh, and then we'll see you in the fall. I'm back in Colorado mid-September, so we'll have something hitting the air late it's September. It's too long. It's too long. Um, I will be releasing my own mini-sodes of my own podcast, Why Is Lauren Crying?, <laughs> <laughs> where I just talk about how sad I am that Jessica's not here and I eat candy by myself. I'm going to be doing the same thing, except on a vlog. So I'll be putting on pants <laughs> and I'll become a YouTube, influence, a YouTube influencer by I eating I love sense. it. I love it. Um, um, but uh, have a great summer, you nerds. And uh, and stay gold, Marmy. <laughs> stay gold, Parmy. <laughs>
Stay gold, Meg. Stay gold, Amy, you little bitch. Oh, Amy, you little bitch. Stay gold, Ghost Beth. Stay gold, Josephine Joe. Stay gold, Lori. I, I ship it. Stay gold, Grandpa Lawrence. Stay gold, Aunt March. Uh, stay gold, old poodle Aunt March has. <laughs> stay gold, Hummel family. I don't Aww. know how you say stay gold in German, but I'm saying it to you. <laughs> stay gold, Professor Bear, you creepy old man. Oh, stay gold, Lauren. Stay gold, Jessica. Thank you for listening to Required Readcast. If you enjoyed the show, head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a rating and or review. We're also available on Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at REQ Readcast. Required Readcast is produced by Sexpot Comedy. Theme music and lyrics by Max McEwen and Noah Evan Wilson. Vocals by Aaron C. Willis. Stay, Stay gold, gold, bookworms! This has been a Sex Pot Comedy Joint. Collaborative, community-driven comedy produced by Andy Jewett and Kayvon Kalitvari. Headquartered in Denver, Colorado, with technical support from Isaac Miller. Every day at sexpotcomedy.com or at a show near you. Until next time, be well, friends.